0: I'm Stephanie Lugo, and this is The Market Authority Show. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate to fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our 9-to-5s to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way but it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts and lessons learned and you'll see what we've built today. A business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step by step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from Timeless Principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. So before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to check in, we took a little bit of time off from the podcast because we have just relaunched the Market Authority Academy. This show is brought to you by the Market Authority Academy, which is a mentorship program available to real estate professionals who desire to grow their brand and business using the modern social media strategies and proven systems designed for maximum scalability. We just relaunched this powerful program after running it through about 18 months. We totally revamped the contents, reworked the curriculum a little bit, and it is so incredible. We had a really fun event last week. um, At the time of this recording. And we're also able to welcome a bunch of new members as well. So welcome, welcome, welcome if you joined us in August of 2021 um, to you powerful agents. I'm super excited to work with you all. And if this sounds like something that you're into, head on over to the show notes to schedule a call with me to discover how the Market Authority Academy can help you triple your real estate business this year. Okay, so on today's episode, we are bringing back a friend of The Market Authority Show and a dear friend of mine, Brandon Mulrennan. Brandon is the founder and CEO of ReverseSelling.com, and he has dedicated his life's work to helping real estate agents all over the world and how they can become successful in selling real estate. He has just released his first book, reverse selling, which hit number one on Amazon, which is super cool. But during this conversation, he and I just take a minute to connect. We talk about different things that we are seeing in the market, what to do in terms of the market shifting into 2022. We do believe there are going to be some changes. And if this is your first market shift as a real estate agent, there are some things that you need to know and ways that you can prepare yourself to make the most of this change, because this is when you can see massive transformation in your business. A market shift is really, truly nothing to be afraid of when you are prepared and when you are ready to empower not only your clients and your community, but yourself as well. So Brandon and I cover a bunch of different points around this topic, and he just shares so much knowledge, as he always does on the show, around his best practices in terms of winning listing opportunities and creating incredible wins for your clients in general. I think that you're going to love this podcast episode, to be honest. This is one of my favorite ones in a while, and I just want to extend a big thanks to Brandon for joining us on the show yet again. Without further ado, here's Brandon. Brandon, thank you so much for hopping on. Welcome back to the show.
1: I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Always, uh, We always have fun. So I'm excited to bring as much value to the audience as we possibly can. So let's do it.
0: Okay. I'm so excited because there's a lot of things going on that I want to kind of just chat with you about just as um, we're getting close to heading into a new year. We're recording this in the fall of 2021. And like for me, this is business planning season where we're prepping for 2022 trying to get our ducks in line. And I don't know about you, you are in a totally different market area, but I'm definitely starting to see like a shift in the market here too. So I figured we can just kind of like touch on a lot of that, see what you're seeing in your neck of the woods and how we can prep to be as successful as possible in the next year.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, well, a couple of things, you know, back to school season, we always see a huge drop off in showings. Mm-hmm. So for new agents that this is their first year in business, they're freaking out like, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is the market shift. Everyone's talking about. It's like, Easy, pump the brakes, like this is the best market we've ever seen in the history of the United States. Um, So I think part of this, you know, all the posting and all the people freaking out right now is a little bit about school going back for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But however, if we look at this statistic from, from a statistical standpoint, we are starting to see first little baby signs of inventory increases, new listings year over year, which we haven't seen to be fair in a couple of years. So first signs I think is to be fair, um, but not anything to get excited about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's helpful to, well, and we were talking about this a while ago, anytime the market is going on like a run, like it has been, we see a huge influx of new agents. So I know that there are like a, a large portion of new agents and they're, seeing this too, and I'm glad that you brought that up. There's a difference between seasonal shifts and cyclical shifts. Um, I'm feeling the same thing too. So like here in, in the Southwest, we tend to see the most activity in the first quarter because that's when the weather is the best. Um, leading into the second quarter. And then after the summer, things drop off because it's like, you know, 110 degrees here and nobody wants to sell. Um, So we are in where I'm at in the part of the country. um, We are seeing that like typical back to school, heading to the holidays, seasonal shifts. But I agree. I am seeing more inventory. I am seeing more um, price reductions at slightly longer day on market, which is cool. And in your wheelhouse, you're like the listing agent extraordinaire. So like, how does that change the way that we approach things when we're speaking with sellers who have been hearing chatter for the last 18 months about the strongest sellers market in history?
1: All right. Love it because here's you, you just nailed it. Um, this is where agents really, really have to start to become an expert in their marketplace. Like, I talked to all the agents. I coach staff like about having a time blocked off on their schedule every month, pulling the monthly stats from their MLS and studying them like they were doing in high school and college for an exam. Love that. And because here's the reality, the reality is if there's like for new agents that have been selling real estate in the last, I would say two to three years, it is like, so not realistic, you know, like little Johnny that got his license over the weekend. Um, he just threw it in the MLS and it's selling in two seconds, right? Uh-huh. Fizbo's are selling like crazy. It's just not normal. And they're like,
0: I knew it. I knew it was this easy. Exactly.
1: <laughs> like I made my career on for sale by owners, and like right now, agents are 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 like blowing me up on Instagram. Like, dude, Fizbos are selling by themselves. Like, we don't have any Fizbos. I get it. I get it. But historically, if you look over the last fifty years or whatever, and you're looking in the future, for sale by owners aren't going to be able to sell like they are like they have been. Uh, people are going to need us more so than ever. And there'll be a ton more expired listings and all of that. But the answer your question, this is where I think two things are going to occur, which I'm happy about, by the way. And I don't mean this by any disrespect to anybody that's in this business, but this is when the uh, career agents really thrive and the hobbyists mm-hmm. get out of the business. We see it all the time. And so there, you're, you have a choice to make. The agents watching this have a choice to make. You either have to, to actually uh, hone your craft. Like you and I, Stephanie, probably preach a lot, right? Treat this, you know, like really work on your skills, really know the market. Um, So that's one path. Or you're going to have to get out of the business because as transactions shrink and we have 1.7 million realtors, we probably only need 800,000. That poses an issue for the person, the part-timer. So, Become the expert. Study the stats like crazy. Master your presentations. Buyer consultation, listing consultation. And when you show up in a market where a seller really needs your help, you can become the obvious choice.
0: Yeah. And I want to ask some... like These these might sound like really lame questions, but I get asked this a lot. Um, So in my area, we have access to incredible data Um, There's like a local firm here who runs all the stats and they deliver. It's a subscription base. I have to pay money to get access to like the best data in my metro. Um, But if you're just anywhere, like where are you telling agents to find market data and what are the main numbers that they're looking for? And I know, again, this might sound really obvious, but for someone who hasn't made a habit of this, where do they start?
1: Yeah, so your everyone's MLS or board should, at the highest level, if you go to your state board, should have your your stats. But here's what they need, Steph. Okay, so every single real estate every month needs to study these following stats month in and month out without without exception. Number of new lists. This is all year over year comparisons. Okay, so so the number of new listings entering the market the number of homes active on the market, that's our current inventory, the number of homes under contract or an escrow or pending, depending on what words you use in your market, mm-hmm. the number of homes sold, average days on market, and then list to sold price ratio. These six stats, if you know these inside and out, not just understand the numbers, like, yeah, Brandon, staff, I got the numbers, you need to be able to articulate what they say what is the story behind them, Steph, is the is the key thing that that uh, allows you to position yourself as a real market expert?
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that you hit the nail on the head there. And and it's interesting to think too that that's a mix of leading and lagging measures too, because right. like most of these are going to be reflective of like a six week cycle based off of what's going under contract and then closing. Um, so really understanding those two. But I think that what you made... What the point that you made that I love is learning how to articulate that to the buyer and seller. Because what I see a lot of times is like agents just kind of regurgitating numbers right. on especially on social media. They love going on a Canva and putting on these numbers and making these great little graphs and stuff or like yeah. swiping them from key current matters is another one yeah, that I yeah, see. Exactly. My, right.
1: Exactly. But yeah. if
0: you're just like a layman, like you know, homeowner, you're looking at that and you're like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Like it's That's not right. the public's job to know how to interpret that data. And understand why that's relevant to them, and I think that our really opportunity to shine is to be able to explain how that is going to affect them, whether they're looking to buy or sell, and under what kind of pressure they might be.
1: Yeah, and and yes, hundred percent. And the only thing I would add was what they need to do about it. What is the action item, action step as a result of the data? What is the data, Brandon, telling us we need to do or not do? And so. Um, there are stats, Stephanie, that I talk about with agents that they've never heard of before, like that you and I talk about from a marketing perspective that a realtor's never heard about, like their click through rate from like, from like how many views you're getting on your listing to showing schedule that ratio realtors like, what, what is that? Like, I never heard of that before. Right. And then there's a bunch of other things, but I really look at our business as, uh, like our craft, right? Like we're, we're performers or whatever you want to call it. Like we have a skill, just like an attorney has a skill, just like a surgeon has a skill. And these are the agents that really are about to thrive. So you see the veteran agents saying, yes, shift market, shift market, shift market. This is when we make a lot more money. We really stand out from the crowd. Um, But every new agent has that same opportunity if they will treat this that way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and the way that I like to think about it, like, I like that you're like the surgeon, you know, the craft, that kind of thing, because that's like a skill. Um, But when I think about it from this perspective, I always imagine a bodybuilder. And if you see a bodybuilder, they're like ripped. And you see these muscles and their, you know, athleticism, which is like super cool. And it's very easy to see from the outside. Those results are very visible, but what you don't see is them getting the eight hours of sleep dialing in their nutrition at a scientific level, write the hours in the gym. And that's what we have to do. That's like the nutrition aspect. That's the understanding the market. The working out aspect, that's the fine tuning your presentation skills and getting all of your resources in line so that you have an incredible experience to extend. You know?
1: Yeah, here's what's crazy. I talk about this a little bit in the book, but like you just nailed it. There are so many things when I coach an agent that I bring up that they're like, Wow that makes a lot of sense. I like I'm a realtor. I didn't know the benefit being taking a cold shower has in my real estate business because we're in the human human performance business right? Ah. That's the key thing. So Mm -hmm. I spend so much time, Stephanie, talking about mindset. I talk about sleep, what temperature you should have it when you sleep, what to wear when you sleep, the aura ring, what type of shower you should have at which temperature, how long, what to do out of the shower before the shower, like all this stuff, right? That doesn't even have to do with about houses because we're in the human performance business, right? And so, uh, in order to perform well at our craft, to your point, if you're an athlete or a singer, all the stuff behind the scenes is what makes the performance world class.
0: Oh my gosh, I've never really thought about the human performance aspect, but it's so true. And it, the mindset to me is, and and obviously the mind and body are so interconnected. Um, and that relationship is going to reflect in how healthy our business is. And, and I sound, I feel like I always sound really woo when I get into this nope, stuff, you know?
1: Not at all. It's the truth.
0: It really is. And I have Pe- found, oh, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, people don't have like business problems. They have personal problems that yeah. show up in their business, right? That's the reality.
0: Well, I'll tell you right now, every hang up or every ceiling I have gone up against, every challenge I've experienced, for the most part has been self-imposed because I have my own little tangle of limiting beliefs and like, you know, things that hold me back for For sure sure in every part of my business. And, and part of that, like in my experience, and maybe someone who's listening to this might resonate to this. I got into this profession as a 22 year old young woman who was not educated. I never finished college I had, um, you know, a background in corporate finance, so I had some technical training in terms of how to speak to other professionals, how to like write an email, that kind of thing, which was really helpful. And then obviously I knew a little bit about finance, but beyond that, like if you're sitting across the table at a listing appointment from a you know 60 year old man who's lived in his home for 20 years and has very specific ideas about what it's worth, trying to get my point across and trying to establish trust and authority in that situation has everything to do about how I feel about myself and my expertise going into that. And so like, that's why I think about this stuff a lot too. And why it's so important to where like, you can't control how much experience you have in the industry. You can't control the market. You can't control who's on the other side of the table, but you can control how you choose to hone the skills that you come to the table with that is within your control. And that's why I think that this is so important to talk about because not enough people do
1: mic drop from Stephanie Sorry. Lugo. I Rewind <laughs> that, everybody. Watch that over and over and over again. That is some world-class coaching from Stephanie Lugo. So that was great.
0: Thanks. Sorry. I get I could, really I really caught up about this. So you mentioned the book. Me yeah. is this So you just wrote a book. You published a book. It's on Amazon. I'm one bestseller. I mean, no big deal. Yep. Baller over <laughs> here. <laughs> Brandon Mulrennan. Super exciting. Um, tell me a little bit about the book and tell me about yeah. some things that you cover in that.
1: Okay. So I wrote this book, Stephanie, because I think that, well, not think there's so many voices out there communicating to real estate agents about a whole bunch of stuff, right? And a lot of the communication that uh, is being given, I think comes with an agenda, right? Like if you look how our industry is set up, a lot of it's biased, right? So like you look at our associations, they want membership. That's how they generate revenue. They like the 1.7 mil, million realtors. They don't care if they sell any houses, mm-hmm. they just like the membership dues. Well, that poses a problem. Then you have brokerages that that it doesn't matter what the model is, the more the better. Like, hey, let me check yeah. your pulse. You have a pulse? Okay, yeah, you can work here, right? So you have all this advice and people scared to tell, I think realtors the truth about what this business is and what this business is not they think i'm getting my license this is a sexy business and oh by the way i'm going to make a whole bunch of money the reality is a very uh small percentage in this industry make money and everybody else is on the verge of bankruptcy that's the truth and it happens every year like you know you got have a million realtors a year stephanie I, I really looked at the numbers you got about a million million realtors a year that get out of the business, and then you have a million that get licensed and come into the business that keep us at 1.5, 1.6. I know. So you have this massive turnover Mm -hmm. of people all the time. Why? Because they don't understand that when they got a real estate license, two things occurred. And if nobody believes me, watch, I'm going to prove it. One, you got into the lead generation business. Two, you got into the sales business. No, bullshit, Brandon. It's not a sales business. Look at your license. It says real estate salesperson. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me it's not a sales business. So I wanted to write a book, Stephanie, that got through all the BS, gave an agent the truth about what it's going to take, what they're going to need to do, how they're going to need to do it to build their business. I don't care what the lead generation tactic is. I give people multiple different strategies in the book. The, The key thing is, lead generation and lead conversion has to be the top priority. If it is not, it's just days and weeks before you're out of this business, period.
0: I love that. So what is, so with this, like, what's the thing about lead generation that agents get wrong in your opinion?
1: I'm going to tell you right now, it's real simple. They think this is an inbound business and it is not, it is an outbound business. I don't care if you have a content strategy, you're, you're sending out uh, advertising, marketing, uh, you're, you're cold calling, you're knocking doors, you're sending uh, messages on Instagram. Those are all outbound activities. When Bob gets his license over the weekend, Stephanie, he thinks the phone's going to ring. And it's not until after he gets a license, he's like, what the hell? Why is nobody calling me? It's like, Bob, it's an outbound business, bro. You think it's an inbound business, not an inbound business. You have to take actions. You have to like take proactive actions to make things happen. And that for people that don't come from a business background, certainly not from a sales background, they have no idea what that means or what they're getting into when they get into a direct sales business. No clue. Shocked. And when they get in, Steph, I'll just add this last thing real quick. It scares the shit out of them. They're like oh my gosh, I don't want to bother people. I don't want to be intrusive. I don't want to send them a message on Instagram. I can't post that. I don't want to make any videos. I don't want to call anybody. I don't want to hold open house. I don't want to do any of that, right? It's like, well, what did you think you were going to do to generate business? So anyway, that that's the problem.
0: I, I agree. And it's so funny because I was actually talking to a colleague of mine here at locally. And I was like, what is the one thing that like you were surprised at when you got into the industry? And she literally said, Well, that they didn't just give you houses to sell. (laughs) Always. Can you imagine having that? I don't I don't remember. It's been like seven or eight years since we got into the business. So I don't I I honestly don't remember what my expectation was going into it, but I do remember grinding. Like I remember putting myself in as many um situations as I could to have these contacts, right? Yeah. And there's a couple of things that I'm thinking of just while, as you're saying this, I think this again, goes back to, you know, the call reluctancy, the hesitancy to like the fear of putting yourself out there to get, to get this, this traction again, goes to the inner work. Right. Because like, I don't want to bother someone. I'm afraid of being vulnerable. I'm afraid of messing up. Those are all inner self-image,
1: self-image. You are nailing it. And that, I don't know about when you help and train and coach an agent, but like, 80% of what I do is all spent in the mind. Oh, yeah. They come to me wanting tactics and strategies. Then I change their mindset and everything becomes easy because I specialize in helping agents get over $100,000 a year. That's like what I'm really, really good at. And um, they come to me thinking it's this problem, but it's you nailing it. It's a self image issue that we have to work through. And then their business explodes.
0: I want to try to do a scenario, like where is a really common scenario that we can kind of like walk through together in terms of like when you see this occurring and how you help an agent get over that? Is that hard to do on the fly?
1: No, no, let's talk okay. through it. So, so they, they come in with, you're exactly right. All types of confirmation bias about the past, mm-hmm. about what it means to, and I t- this is chapter one of the book. Uh, And and I'm not, I don't want to plug the book, but I'm just bringing stuff from the book into the podcast. It's Mm -hmm. like people, we grew up society. When they think about salespeople, it's a negative connotation towards that. Right. It's like, oof. I don't know how I feel about that. It's because historically we have all thought of salespeople and been taught to be like high pressure, pushy, convincing, Mm -hmm. dude, this is my life's work. It's called reverse selling. And what that means is no longer are you going out there trying to convince anybody of anything. You're going out there trying to A, understand people's true desired goals, and then B, contribute with value by building a relationship so that you become the obvious choice. So there is no process of convincing. There is no pressure. There is no weirdness. So this is what I help somebody understand. That's why they're like, oh, I just love your methodology. Like, it's so easy for me to call a for sale by or using your script because it's not preshy or it's not pushy. That's pressure and pushy at the same. I like I that. I actually
0: like that,
1: preshy. Well, <laughs> preshy. I just made that up. <laughs> so, <like> it. <laughs> um, so, so, so it's understanding that like, I, like you're here, you're a real estate agent, like you're going to have to get over and accept the fact that uh, what it means to be a salesperson does not mean, and it shouldn't mean that you go out there and you are somebody different, that you're being an asshole, that you're trying to pressure people. You don't need to do any of that. They're hmm. like, really? I'm like, yeah, dude, you don't have to do any of that. Well, what about all these big gurus that tell me to do all this shit? I'm like, dude, get rid of that. Unsubscribe from them on YouTube. Don't follow them on, don't listen to any of that shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dump it in the toilet and go out there and be yourself. Use the law of reciprocity and go give yourself, go serve your clients, stop trying to sell your client and beautiful things will happen. And they're like, wow, this is great. Right? So that's step one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but.
0: Well, I want to add that that's, that it's really inconvenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) because it requires a little work, right? And this is what you and I have talked about on the show before. Is like this is why you have to understand the segment of the market that you're going after. You have to understand their pain points. It requires a little bit of research. It requires maybe even some client, like potential client interviews, type situations.
1: Picking a niche.
0: I mean, imagine I was literally just hearing from. Oh, I got pushback from an agent who was afraid of doing this because he didn't want to alienate other opportunities because they're concerned oh. about right now opportunities. Yeah, scarcity. Not the longevity. Scarcity.
1: That's called scarcity mindset versus abundant mindset.
0: Yet another inner limiting belief. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly right. So yeah, yeah, the the agent that's like, oh, because it was so funny. Like there's so many sayings. I'll try to come up with one right now. But like, if you try to help everybody, you help no one. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. That's my favorite. That's like my motto.
1: That's your life. That's Stephanie Lugo, AK. That's, that's Stephanie Lugo. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that like step two is doing what we're talking about is, is niching really, really niching down, really becoming an expert in a certain uh, demographic? And yes, most people now going back to what I was saying before. If you don't have a business background, Stephanie, if you don't have a marketing background, if you don't have a sales background, you don't understand niching down. You don't understand becoming a market authority, right? There you right. go, <laughs> a little shout out to you. They don't understand what that means. It's like, what do you mean? I'm a realtor. I help everybody. By helping everybody, you help no one because you and don't so- give
0: anybody a compelling reason to choose you over your competition. That's the problem.
1: Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. Is that what the Italians do? Uh,
0: the chef's kiss.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. So yeah, we're we're totally on the same page, right? So step one is like re a re framework of what it means to be in this industry, um, and telling and giving people the. Uh, like giving them permission to be themselves, right? You don't have to be anybody different. And then number two is coming up with a lead generation strategy to go out there and serve certain people um, to make it easier. They're easier to find. It's easier to become an expert in that that demographic. Uh, It's easier to communicate. It's easier to position yourself as the expert. All of that becomes easier. And then number three, Stephanie, this is where I think it's really critical is to really hone in on skills because this yeah. is where an agent gets confidence. So I have agents put their listing presentation on camera and then we watch it, you know, just like just like a, a anybody in any profession does. Right. If, if you and I were professional athletes, we'd be watching game film all day, every day. Like if we are tennis players. Yeah. That's all you and I would be doing is watching game film on each other. Like, dude, backhand sucks, bro. That thing's got to change. So <laughs> agents don't have any game film. It's like, you don't record your calls. You don't have your presentation on camera. You don't have any of that. Like you don't practice. You don't do anything. That's called malpractice. (laughs) Imagine for a second, a freaking doctor is practicing on the patient. Hey, have you ever done this brain surgery before? No, it's the first time. Just practicing. (laughs) That's a realtor. (laughs) That's a realtor. So we have to, the third thing is like really, really help an agent uh, develop some skills. So they have confidence to go out there and communicate with, with the general public.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that everything changes when you understand functionally what it is you're actually doing to provide value. And yeah. this is this is honestly why I'm such a fan of video, especially on social media, because the more that you fine tune that brand story and like that, that um, the understanding the value that you offer and the more you repeat it online on video. Like for me, I'm, I've built my business by showing up on Instagram stories every single day for the last six years. Right. Yep. And the more I go through that and talk about what it is we do on a day-to-day basis, how we help our clients get like these big wins, all this stuff, the more I'm reinforcing that message, not only for the audience who's on the other end watching me, but for me too. So I've internalized this story and I've internalized that value through that practice of going through a little mini presentation on the story day after day. And it has so much impact on how you show up in real life.
1: Yeah. I talk about that in the book. I talk about a concept I call the learning is in the doing.
0: Mm.
1: Right. So like, so, so what what that means is like, everyone's trying to get ready to get ready to one day take action. And just to your point, it's like, at some point you got to start doing and and being okay with like, like sucking in the beginning, you know, like you're just going to suck. Like if you were going to get on stage and, and sing for the first time, you're probably going to be pretty shitty. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to make a video and you're, you're going to be like, hi, this is Bob. I- I- I'm a realtor. Like at their <laughs> open house, it's hilarious. You know, it's like, that's okay. My first podcast interview, I didn't feel this comfortable. I'm like, shit, sweating, like all nervous. But then like over time with anything else, it's like riding the bike. You know, this is the story I tell in all of my, my training programs, all my courses and my coaching it's like the four cycles of learning, right? So unconscious incompetence, you come in, you don't know what you don't know. You get on the bike, right? You're excited because you saw little Johnny doing backflips and he's like, damn, I want to do that. You get on the bike and you fall on your face, you skid your face, you go to your parents, you're like, I hate riding bikes. And your parents are like, it's okay, Steph. You can ride a bike again. Let's, let's do it again. Let's do it again. And then you're wobbling. This is phase two, right? So like you start to really, you can do it. You just suck at it, but you can not fall over. And then, you know, over time you're riding on the handlebars with no hands, you know, this is, this is just the process of life. And I think when you get your real estate license, all common sense goes out of the window for some reason.
0: But why? Because I see that all the time. And I see, and I was literally just, I I have these conversations where they're like, I know I just need to do it, but I'm not good at it. I have not done it before. I'm afraid of showing up and looking stupid. And I'm like, have you ever tried anything new in your entire life? Why is this any different?
1: Well, I think it goes back and I'm all amped up on Starbucks coffee. So hopefully you're okay with the energy Me today. Too. It's
0: okay. I've-
1: <laughs> I'm just having fun today. This is like, this is no holds bar today. Hopefully uh-huh. you, you guys are getting a little show. Um, okay. So, so I think that as leaders, I think it's our responsibility to give permission to people that it's okay that you suck and oh, actually, yeah. uh, encouraging the suck. Cause it's like, that's where the learning and the doing came from. It's like, I need you to go out there and get your ass whooped a whole bunch of times. Otherwise you are never going to get better. Like if you're, you're always in preparation mode and you never take a shot, you're never going to get good. You have to suck. So what I want people to do when I first coach them is I say, I want you to go meet with 20 sellers. I know you don't know what to do. I know you don't know what to say. I don't know what to bring. I want you to expect they're going to go bad Because through that process, you're going to come out of those meetings and everything I teach you from that point is going to have context. Mm -hmm. You're going to have battle wounds from the real world, right? And now you're going to have experience and confidence to get better. But without those first failures, you cannot get to success without failure. It is a direct path. You cannot collect $200. You cannot do that. You have to go through failure to get to success.
0: Yeah, I think it's so true. And I was just talking about this on the stories the other day because, um, I mean, this this inevitably just comes up in, in my line of coaching too, where it's like, I'm waiting for it to be perfect. And it's like, I'm sorry, yeah. but the truth is it will never be perfect. And you have to embrace progress over perfection. Otherwise, you will stay in the same place forever. You will be one of those million real estate agents dropping out every year. And I thought it was so funny because I was talking about it on the stories earlier this week on Instagram, because this had come up during one of our group coaching calls. And I was just really feeling myself. And I was like, this message deserves to stay on my feed forever. So I made a reel and the reel that I made had so many imperfections. Like I'm like pointing to text and it's like not aligned. The little gif is like off center. And I'm like, meh. It's up. The message got out there. It's not perfect, but whatever.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the other thing. I think you probably see this a lot in your world. But uh, again, another thing I talk about in the book is something called creative avoidance. This has got to be massive in your world. So this is the agent, Stephanie, who is obsessing with what color should be on my website? How should my business cards, what texture, Stephanie, should be on my business card? And they're doing all these things that are avoiding the real work in this business. Yeah, And that's what I call creative avoidance. They just love working on the creative, sexy stuff. They don't ever do any work that leads to any money. And then they, and they wonder think, why. And they, but they think they're being productive. And they mm-hmm. think they're being uh, like, you're not being productive, dude. You're avoiding the work. It's called creative avoidance. I'm telling you, I've never lost a client because I had the wrong color, uh, color button on my website. Never, not once. Have you?
0: No, not yet.
1: <laughs> They're like, Stephanie, that button should have been red instead of green. Never's going to happen. But realtors obsess over like all this stuff. Like, do you like this picture? Do you like this picture? Should my hair be up or should it be down? You know, should I wear red or should I wear green? No one gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Get out there, start doing, start getting real feedback from the market. And that's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to win, right? Get real feedback from a seller where you say, Stephanie or Mrs. Seller, you know, can I just ask you like, what, what had you choose Stephanie over me? And I can take it. I'm, I just want the feedback. Well, let me just tell you, boom, 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 boom. That's real feedback.
0: Yeah. I think that that's one of the most powerful things that agents can do. And like, that's built into our process too. It's like when you, when you do fail, because like, and I know you feel differently about this, but I feel really strongly that like, even the best agents get maybe like 50% of the rat. Absolutely. Right. Even Wait a minute. What, really what do you worried? mean? How do
1: we disagree with that? That's exactly what I say. 50%. That's is, what you
0: say. Okay. I didn't know because like, you're yeah. just, you know, obviously you have like the best strategies in terms of the stuff, but I think that if you are counting your numbers, right.
1: Average is 50%. 50% okay, percent cool. conversion.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Okay, sweet. I was yeah. like, okay, I didn't know. So awesome. Yeah. We're totally on the same page when you inevitably fail Because again, we don't have control of that person on the other side of the table. Like if you're not doing something to learn from that, then you have failed. Yep. If you've not taken that as the opportunity that it is to iterate your process and get better, then you have failed. Otherwise, it's just information. It's a little thing that you can like build up your process and then it can help you continue to get better so that when it does really matter the next time, you're that much closer to getting it.
1: Here's the best way I think I think we can articulate this. Mm -hmm. is let's go back to health and fitness. And I'm on this huge health. We both are. You and I both are on this same journey, by the way. Look at muscle growth. Everyone that's watching this is going to say, oh yeah, good way to put it. How do we grow muscle? We have to constantly break it down to failure. It's only through muscle failure does the muscle grow. And everyone's like, oh shit, that's a good point. How is making money or succeeding in business any different? The answer is, is not. We have to put it through stress Have to put it through pain. We have to put it through failure for it to grow stronger. And so that's the best analogy that I've ever come up with. You know?
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that you're right on with that. Um, So going into 2022, like, what's the big things that we need to be prepared for and looking at?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we have to do. We're gonna. it's, It's all gonna come down to our ability as realtors to set better expectations with our clients. And I think that a great real estate agent is someone who can set great expectations because of their understanding of the market. And especially with sellers, you know, I think that we've been so it's like a blessing and a curse where an agent can go in a house and, you know, if it's a decent house, it's gonna get multiple offers in two days and they're gonna look like a hero. Those days are limited, I believe, mm-hmm. moving forward. How limited they are, Steph, I'm not exactly sure yet, uh, but it's not gonna be like this forever. So getting into 2022. I think an agent, when we're talking about skills, has to learn how to set really good expectations with sellers in a way that they know what to expect um, without scaring them off. And that skill alone, I call it foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. And I could give you an example if you'd like, but that's what I think agents, that would be a huge takeaway from this podcast of agents like who are watching should really focus on.
0: Yeah. Tell me the example. I want to talk more about it.
1: All right. I'm going to, I'm going to use a haunted house as an example. Ooh, okay. All right. You ready for this? So seasonal. <laughs> All right. Exactly. There you go. So check this out. It doesn't matter how tough you are. Like I'm just going to ask, I'll let's, I'll just role play with you. Right. Okay. So okay. when, when we talk about, or when we walk into uh, a haunted house, there is a level of anxiety. Would you agree? Yes. And that anxiety comes from where? Fear, and why? What is the where does the fear come from? Of the unknown. That's right. So now, imagine a world for a second. Before we go to the haunted house, I fly down to Arizona. I say, "All right, Stephanie Bryce, I'm taking you to the best haunted house in Scottsdale. Place is badass." Okay. When we go there, we're going to walk in. As soon as we walk in, there's going to be someone that jumps out. Okay. That that uh, uh, looks like Jason, right, from Jason and Freddy, and he's going to wave this fake thing, and lights are going to go off, and then we're going to. Uh, go around to the next corner and then Joshua Smith's going to pop out with his GSD flat brim on and he's going to do a backflip um, and you, it's going to and I did this throughout the entire thing and I mm-hmm. walked you and Bryce through before you walked into the haunted house and I told you exactly what was going to happen how do you feel now
0: um I feel braced
1: Do you like feel I can brace
0: against the fear so it's do you like the feel, unknown out of it
1: Okay do you feel More anxious or less anxious uh, anxious. after I tell you what's going to happen?
0: Less anxious.
1: Now watch step three. I tell you what's going to happen and I turn on all the lights in the haunted house. So you saw the things happening before they were going to happen. Did the haunted house business stay in business or they go out of business immediately?
0: They're out of business.
1: They've built a multi-billion dollar business based on the unknown fear and anxiety our job as real estate agents, when we talk to a buyer or seller, is to turn on the lights.
0: Dang. That's the skill. Oh, I like that. Okay. So, this is really, really, really important to me because, like, the agents who don't see what's about to come yep. are used to the wins, right? They're used to the sell, they're used to it being easy, you no know, sign in the ground, multiple offers, da da da. And then they're going to look like real assholes when that doesn't happen right away. I love but, when you swear. I know. But the sellers are like, wait a second. But the Smiths around the corner yeah. a few months ago got multiple offers. What did you do wrong?
1: Yep. All right. And I'm going to give.
0: It's just it's external circumstances. But the agent was not prepared to explain that.
1: So let me give the whole audience what they really came for. And I'll give them the answer to the test. Ready? Okay just making sure what my time, my next thing is. Are you good on time?
0: I am. Sorry. I could stay on this for,
1: I could stay on this for the whole day. All right. This is a strategy that we teach all of our coaching clients when they take a listing that they all need to do. Okay. And we call it the one of three play the one of three play. So how, how it works is this. So Stephanie, you're my client. And I say, Stephanie, one of three things is going to occur when we hit the market. Can I share that with you? Yes. All right, cool. So, Average time to sell a house in Steamboat Springs in Scottsdale, in your neighborhood, I just made that up. I don't even know if that's a neighborhood, uh, is 17 days on average, okay? What that means is that every other house that has come under the marketplace has accepted an offer within that timeframe. Now, you and I have talked about how important it is to protect your price of your home in getting an offer accepted within that timeframe, right? You remember that conversation? yes. So the first thing that can occur that both you and I want to have happen is when we hit the market, right away that first week, we should have tons of interest, tons of showings. And my anticipation is that we pull uh, multiple offers on the property. That's the first thing that can occur, Stephanie, if the market agrees with what your home has to offer and the price we're asking. Does that make sense? Yes, And who gets to make that decision? You, me, or the market? The market. And who's the market? The buyers. The buyers, right? So that's the first thing that can occur. The second thing that can happen, okay, is if we go out into the marketplace at 500,000, we're asking 500K for the home, and we get a ton of interest, all those showings occur, they walk through your home, nobody writes an offer. What do you think the buyers are saying to us at that point?
0: That it's not worth 500K.
1: Potentially. Yeah, you could be right. Potentially. If that were to occur and we pass the 17 days, you and I could have a conversation about potentially adjusting our pricing strategy. Would you agree?
0: Yes. That sounds reasonable.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. And then the third thing that can happen, which I don't think will be the case, but the third thing that can happen is we hit the market at 500,000 and nobody's interested. Like there's just crickets. If that happens... What's occurred?
0: We've totally missed the mark.
1: You got it. You nailed it. And if, we, if that happens, what do you think we need to do immediately?
0: We need to adjust the price and or maybe other marketing.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah. You're exactly right. So when we hit the market, I want you to come back to this conversation because when we talk every week, I'm going to come back to this. So when I'm updating you and giving you where we're at with our days on market, timing is everything. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I want you to understand when we hit the market, my anticipate, like what I anticipate happening is probably one of the, f- the, the first one or two, but it's critical that you understand how this works when we enter the marketplace. So, so this is what, we, what an agent does to set good expectations ahead of time. So there's no surprises. And what ends up happening is we get to day 20 if you don't sell and the seller's blowing us up saying, adjust the price, adjust the price, adjust the price. Because we use the Socratic method to get them to tell us what to do.
0: Can I just say how generous it feels from the position of the seller to be given options and given the tools that we need to empower ourselves in our own investment? From that standpoint, you know what I, yeah, mean? I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, I mean, that's. I mean, yeah, I just think it's it's so uh, important for agents to understand the market, to give them the confidence to have this conversation in the first place. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. So you have an event coming up. Tell us about that because October not twenty,
1: anymore. Yeah. October October 28th, 29th. It's our first reverse selling summit live in-person event. Uh, it's in Novi, Michigan. Uh, after today, it's funny that we're doing this today. You can go to reverse selling and learn all about the event. Uh, but it's a two day event. We're going to teach agents three things, Stephanie. We're going to teach them how to generate listing leads. We're going to teach them how to turn those leads into listing appointments. And then we're going to teach them how to convert those listing appointments into contracts. So if anybody's interested in doing those three things, then come to the event.
0: I love it. So I'm going to have a link to your book in the caption and all the show notes. So dear listener, thank you for that. Yes. Once you read that book and you decide that you agree with me that Brandon's one of the coolest cats in the industry, you can then go to reversesellingsubmit.com, sign up for the event. Maybe we'll see you in October.
1: I love it. Stephanie, thank you so much. Sweet. It's so fun doing this with you and I'm sure we'll all do future work together.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on, Brandon.
1: You got it. Talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for tuning in. A High five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of The Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.